I do look at the roster and what we have in the coaching staff. We should win games. We have to perform, though. We're going to hold ourselves to a high standard no matter what happens. You know, defense is going to do what they do. And last time I heard, they can't win if they don't score points. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. your hosts, Kim Carmen and Gerard Cherry. A quick turnaround from your Browns, but thank goodness it's back at home. It's Thursday night. It's kickoff time and a rivalry week for your Browns as they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good evening, friends. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Gerard, good evening, friend. Good evening, Kenneth. Away we go with four downs. First down. One and one on the season, a very difficult loss, to say the least, yesterday uh, in week two. Gerard, where did it all go wrong yesterday in that loss against the New York Jets? Oh, you heard me say this a thousand times, Ken, and I'm going to say that a thousand and one times. You didn't play complimentary football. It's really that simple. Defense, you needed to do certain things in certain situations. You didn't do it. Special teams, the same deal as well. And then the offense, though, you played very well there are certain situations in which you could have done a better job as well so ultimately you can place blame across the board collectively you have to do the little things and little things mean a lot when you let a team get back into the game in which you dominated them so much it's the little things that add up and at some point those little things that started to add up caught up to us and it cost us the football game defensively you've had a a big gain given away to Robbie Anderson for a touchdown then with what happened with Corey Davis yesterday, the 66-yard touchdown, why does this keep happening, front? Alignment assignment, not knowing your assignment in certain situations, line up the wrong spot, wrong place and time, and just thinking the wrong things at, the, at that moment in time. Situational football is called it for a reason. In certain situations, it dictates that you act and behave in a certain manner and behavior. And when you have the coaches actually telling you, Here's what we're going to do, and then you go out there and go rogue and do something else or don't know the assignment. That's on you. I can't put that on the coaches. So really, Ken, it's just a matter of doing your assignment. We heard it before. Do your job and do it very well. But most importantly, be on the same page because if you're going to go one rogue and do something on your own, make sure the other guy who you're working in conjunction with knows that so he can cover your you-know-what. Yeah, you're right about that, Gerard. Special teams, another rough day as well. What are some of the problems happening there? I just, well, from a return game standpoint, you have two guys right now who are in a spot to where that's not their heart and soul. We brought a guy in to do just that. He got hurt in the preseason. So I understand that, but you have to step up and say, hey, I'm going to take the mental as a return guy, embrace it, and grin it. You did have a good return on the kickoff, but from a punting standpoint, it's been an anemic has been very actually worrisome because of the muffs that have been taking place and just a poor technique from Felton but at the end of the day though as far as the fake that's a great call on the part of Jets what they did was they took advantage of the fact that the referee is never going to call a push off in that situation because gunners and guys who 
are holding them up, they're always going to be physical. They're always going to push. So that was a very smart, astute move on them. Like, hey, these guys are being physical. Use this physicalness against them. Stop on a dime and give credit to the punter for throwing one heck of a pass. But far as the onside kick goes, that's just simple technique of you have to attack the football for Amari. You don't wait for it. It's not a shortstop. You have to attack the football. So once again, I said it earlier, little things. You know, a lot of people like to ask, are there any positives to take away? I don't know if we can ask anything about that. I I wonder, though, Gerard, because of the quick turnaround, does it make it any easier to kind of flush it and move on and get ready for Thursday because of just the task at hand, a Thursday night football game and that quick turnaround? It helps because you you have to put it behind you. You can't dwell on it, and you want to because if you had a game in which it was on a Sunday or Monday, that would sit with you all week giving the game away like that, and you're going to be constantly reminded of it via social media. So having a game right on Thursday forces you to adjust your attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers and what that represents by being a division game. So right there alone, you have to move forward. But I will say this, and this may be considered controversial. I think there was a positive in the game, and it was how Jacoby Brissett played quarterback because that was a vast improvement. Some will say, well, he threw an interception at the end of the game. Well, beyond that, I thought he played a very, very good football game and gave us what we were looking for as far as him being the guy right now until Deshaun Watson comes back. Uh, I think you're definitely right about that. I think Jacoby Brissett played very well throughout that football game. Time for second down. Second down. We have a walkthrough and a practice this week, and that's about it. How can you correct those mistakes that you made in time for the game on Thursday night against your biggest division rival? Watch the Carolina film in the fourth quarter. Watch the watch the Jets film in the fourth quarter. It's the simple stuff, Ken. This is not rocket science. We're not doing some elaborate four coverages in one play call type of stuff where we're making ten adjustments on the defensive side of the ball. This is basic one on one on one defense or what you do in certain situations. It's simple. Just execute it. Just do your job and communicate. It's not that hard. So what you do is go over your playbook, and in all scenarios, okay, in cover four, this is what I do. In cover two, to the field or to the boundary, this is what I do. In cover one, this is the technique I play. And it's really that simple. And that you can do through the course of the next three days as you prepare for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Time for third down. Third down. Steelers coming to First Energy Stadium on Thursday. They're 1-1 one one on the season. They lost on Sunday, including the rest of the division for that matter. A 17-14 loss to the Patriots. How long before there's a QB change in Pittsburgh there, Gerard? You know Mike Tomlin. When they find themselves in a situation where they're 1-3 and 1-4, and that's when they'll make that change or if it gets to the place where Trubisky's not doing anything on the offensive end and they keep on having these type of performances. I say they give them, they give them the first quarter of the season. I'm pretty sure that's the thought. First quarter season, and especially if it gets to a place where they don't feel they have a chance to make it to the playoffs, you'll see Pickett right away. They got some really nice skill guys. They certainly you know, do. George Pickens has been a nice pickup, even though there were red flags surrounding him mm-hmm. out of the University of Georgia. But he's he's so far been very good. Deontay Johnson's been very good for very them. Good. Najee Harris, obviously mm-hmm. a very good running back. Pat Fryermuth, their tight end. They have good weapons in Pittsburgh. How do you go about neutralizing all those weapons without Jadeveon Clowney and even without his backup in Chase Winovich, who will not be available on Thursday? Well, what you got to do is we have cornerbacks that we trust in, right? We, we reward them with pay, and we believe in them. We tell them that they're one of the best secondaries in the National Football League. 
So this is your week to go man-on-man, and we utilize the blitz to put pressure on Trubisky. That's what I would do and make these guys earn that title as being one of the best DB rooms in the nation, in the NFL, rather. It's not college football, in the NFL. Yeah, something that's to the providence of the Cleveland Browns. No T.J. Watt for this defense. He's a leader on the field and certainly a very nice player. How do you take advantage of that? Because they still have Mika Fitzpatrick. He's still a very good player and can kind of play a hybrid as well when he needs to. Right, he certainly is in the mold and looks the way he's been playing of late, like another second coming of a Troy Palomalu for the Steelers. But this, with that in mind, though, what Watt does is so disruptive with him being on the line of scrimmage in that linebacker Steelers 3-4 position that, yes, that is a break and a half not having him on the football field. But they're still a formidable unit. But what we're doing on offense, you have to love. We're being very physical. And that's how you ultimately beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't make mistakes and give them free plays, but you play a very physical brand of football where you get after them and you attack them. And when you do that, that's how you beat them. So I'm looking forward to seeing how our offense goes about doing just that because Lord knows we have the offensive line, we have the running back stable, and heck, I'm going to even say we have the quarterback and the receivers to get the job done. Uh, another chance for Alex Wright as well, who popped up in the stats book on Sunday with a deflected pass. A nice rookie and a chance for him to make an impact on Thursday there, Gerard. Yeah, with well, Jadavian not going more than likely, that is a great opportunity for him to get on the football field and stay out there and, and put himself in a spot to where you're saying, okay, we got to get this guy more playing time and keep him in the rotation more often than not when Jadavian does come back. So this is a great chance for him to represent himself and help have impact. Because I will say that when Jadavian went out of the game on Sunday, there was a noticeable difference in our pass rush not being as effective. And you have to do something about that, and you can't solely rely on the blitz. But, again, I think this week that might be the case where we are. Clevelandburg, meaning blitzing a lot. <laughs> it's time for fourth down. Fourth down. Under the lights in prime time, Gerard. How do you get your body ready, though, after that game on Sunday to get ready for that Thursday night contest? You do nothing strenuous for the next three days. That's how you get yourself ready. Because if you have any thoughts tonight being Monday, Tuesday your day off, that you're going to go out and kick it and do whatever tonight, bad, bad, bad move. Because your body's going to take to Wednesday to probably start feeling right, if not Thursday morning where you finally get to a place like, well, you know what? I can actually run around again. So the best thing that you could possibly do, Ken, is take it light, relax, hydrate, and just get ready for this night this night game because it's a short week. And the guys who don't take that advice, it'll show up come Thursday night. Yeah, you want to make sure you're, you're taking care of yourself Especially there. Especially with it being early in the season. Gerard, did you play? Was Thursday? Yes. I don't want to date you. Okay, did yeah. you play Thursday night football? Yeah, go ahead, date me. I'm proud to be older. I'm guy. sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I just didn't want to be like, oh, you're back in your day. But no. Uh-uh. No, no, we had Thursday night games. We had Monday night games. So, yes, I played on Thursday night games, and that's the hardest adjustment is the fact that you just played a game on Sunday. And check this out. The yeah. worst is when you have a Sunday night game and then you have that Thursday night game. That oh, really morning. gets to you because – those three hours or four hours or six hours of difference in rest actually make a difference, man. That's how finely tuned your body is in regards to how much rest you need. I can, be- I can believe it. I absolutely could believe it. Fans, be a part of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Brown season ticket member wait list today for the best chance of securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Coming up in a bit, Gerard and I will go around the league. We'll welcome in the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, and 
James Hudson III will go one-on-one with color commentator Nathan Zagura. It's all coming up next. The Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns kicker Cage York. This is Browns quarterback Jacoby Brissett. This is John Johnson, and you are listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Fans, mark your calendars for Face-Off on the Lake, presented by Meyer, the first-ever outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium. On February 18th, the Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets are on sale now, starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. Coming up in a bit, we'll go around the league, but right now, James Hudson III, who's played very well in the first couple of games of the season, sat down with our very own Nathan Zagura talking about the difference between his rookie year and year two and what he hopes to accomplish during the 2022 campaign. Very happy to be joined by Browns right tackle James Hudson. And James, look, Sunday was tough. We all know that. We're on to the sealer. So for the purposes of this interview, noted, we're moving on here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. Uh... You know, feel like I'm feel like I'm in a pretty good spot right now. Um, you know, just trying to keep stacking and you know, just keep building and helping, the, just helping the team as much as I can. You've been phenomenal at right tackle these last two weeks, getting those starts, playing great football, the line itself playing well. What's the biggest change in your mind of you from right now to maybe this time a year ago? Um, like I was just saying, just being more comfortable, uh, being more confident, um, knowing my assignments. Uh, Getting a, a good feel, or you know, going a bit, going against the guys that we're that we're going against, you know, just studying them and you know, just kind of knowing what they're going to do. Um, it, it puts me in a better, better spot, and I feel like it prepared. I'm more prepared. I was talking with Joe Thomas, and I know you've been talking with him as well. And he thinks, you know, your technique has improved so much, your feet have improved so much. And and it's his point. He said you just look confident in knowing what you're doing, and you're going out there and executing it. When you have a contact with a guy like that, who we saw get inducted into the Legends Club Sunday, what's that like to kind of have that relationship with Joe, somebody that you grew up watching on YouTube the second that you made the decision to be a tackle, and then now have him getting feedback from him now as you're starting and playing very well? Uh, it's, it's huge, man, because, you know, like you said, I, I've been watching him since since I made the switch. And, uh, you know, just just having him in my corner, um, knowing that he could – Teach me some things, you know, so I can refine up my, my, my techniques and the things that I'm supposed to do, man. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's great to get get that good feedback from him. I know that you probably always believed you would get to this point. I know that you probably would say, I still have a ton of work to do to keep getting better at your craft. But are you kind of amazed at the, the leap you've been able to make here in one year? Uh, I want to say... I- I want to say yes, but I mean, I, I feel like I put in work. Uh, you know, I, I put in great work this off season. Uh, I stayed here this off season. I didn't go anywhere else. Uh, I was here with, with Wyatt and Nick, and uh, you know, we, we put in put in work day in and day out, and I feel like it, it's paying off. That's got to feel good. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. You guys getting it after it, getting in the gym, and you know, I've just I've been out here observing you, and you know, the coaching that you get from Bill Callahan and from Scott Peters is probably some of the best in the league. And I go back to when you were a rookie, and you had you were the only offensive lineman in that rookie minicamp, and getting that kind of coaching. What's it been like, kind of in your evolution, taking things from them, and then being able to go out and apply it on the field? Uh, it's helped me a lot. Um, you know, Coach Callahan is a guy. He's a perfectionist. He he coaches every little thing. And I feel like, you know, just working the little things is what 
leads to performing well. If you do the little things right, you'll be able to do everything else right. One day we were out here and they were working on kind of your first step when you'd have to pull and get out to the outside. And you guys seem like you have a lot of fun when you're pulling. Those have been a lot of our best plays have involved, you know, either you pulling, Jed pulling, Ethan pulling, and, of course, our great guards, both of them are great at it. Is that a fun thing for you to be able to get out there and kind of, like, lead the way in the alley there? Definitely. Uh, when I when I pull, I look at it like, you know, like I'm on the defense side of the ball again, like I'm going to get a tackle or something like that. Uh, so, you know, when you're out there on the edge and you're running and you get to go hit DBs, that's always fun. <laughs> and especially for you, those who may be not as familiar, you were a defensive lineman at Michigan before you transferred to Cincinnati. And I remember watching your Cincinnati tape thinking, yeah, you could see that because sometimes you would just like spike dudes into the ground when you were blocking them, and now you get to do that again. Uh, yeah, man, it's great, man. You know, just having that defensive line background, it, it, it helps you a lot on the offensive line. It helps you with your with your mentality. I feel like, you know, you just you just want to get after guys like how you used to when you used to want to get after the passer. So that's how I apply it. What's the feedback been from your line mates who, you know, you got to come in last year and you played at times you played next to Joel Batonio, at times you played next to Wyatt. What, what have they kind of seen in your development and what have they shared with you? Uh, just to keep it up, you know, just keep going, uh, just keep stacking. You know, having fun is the, the biggest thing. You know, Wyatt expresses that a lot, man. He, he, he says, you know, we work all week to have fun on Sundays. So uh, I think about that all the time. I think about that a lot the night before the game uh, when I'm just laying in, a, laying in a bed in a hotel. You know, I'm just thinking about, you know, I'm visualizing us scoring touchdowns and me celebrating in the end zone and stuff like that. Like, just little things like that, man, it, it helps a lot. And these guys, man, they just they got my back and I got theirs, and they, they support me 100%. It has to be fun blocking for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Oh, definitely. Those guys, those guys are different, man. Uh, I know, for example, yesterday uh, Kareem had a run where he just he, he made something out of nothing. Made a lot of something. He was like hit three yards behind the line scrimmage, spun, and all of a sudden was 12 yards downfield. Yeah, man, I, I remember seeing that, and I, I walked up to Wyatt, and I was just like, man, he's different. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, those guys, man, they, 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 they're playmakers, man. They could, they could break one at any given moment. So that it, they don't need a lot, man. You just got to do just a little bit for those guys just to, to spring off a, a big run. So it's definitely fun blocking for those guys. I'll go back to one where you guys did do a lot. It was the Chief, you, and Wyatt, and Kareem went 24 yards untouched into the end zone. Was that one when you guys got in the meeting where even Callahan was like, all right, this is teaching tape, this is this is exactly what it's supposed to be? Uh, definitely. You're talking about from the Carolina, Carolina game? Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, you know, we just executed our black man, and Kareem hit the hole, and, you know, he was, it was that was all she wrote. <laughs> All she wrote. All right, now you have the Steelers coming up. We faced four-man front so far. The Steelers play that, you know, five-man front, basically the three-four with the standing outside linebackers. How is that different from a tackle's perspective, dealing with that style versus a four-down lineman front? Uh, definitely, it's definitely a difference. Uh, you can see a, a, some different movements coming out of that. Um, but you know, we're, we're, we're gonna watch them some more, study them up. And, uh, we're going to execute and, you know, put our best foot forward. And you've been doing that, man. You look like you're having fun out there. It's been awesome to see your development. Very happy for you. And I know that, you know, there's still more to come, which is exciting because the leap you've made in one year is it's it's phenomenal. It's really tremendous to get to see. So happy for you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. All right. Good luck against the Steelers. Thank you. James Hudson with Nathan Zagura. Folks, if you're going to Thursday's game, get into First Energy Stadium quicker on game days with Express Access, presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus, 
Each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win Browns autograph merchandise. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Gerard, you hear from James Hudson there. It's so nice to see him blossoming here early in the season. Now, I, I know that Jack Conklin, you'd like to get him worked back in. Everybody would like to get him worked back in. He's a veteran, but James Hudson, looking like he's showing some promise there over at the right tackle spot. He certainly is, and I make it a point to watch him a couple series and just have my direct vision on him to see how he's handling things. And I must tell you, I walked away from experience watching him dominate. He's had two really strong weeks. And think about it, Ken, he was not even part of the rotation at first. That was supposed to be, so supposed to be Hubbard and then Conklin, obviously. And now he finds himself as a starter, and he's doing a phenomenal job. So give props to him for putting in the work. And when you have a great coach like Bill Callahan there to help with you, with you in your maturation process, these type of things can occur. But the key part is having confidence and putting the work in. Very impressive what I'm seeing out of him. Elsewhere across that offensive line, Jedrick Wills maligned by the fan base after week one. Had a bit of an up-and-down week down in Carolina. Much better against the Jets. Looking forward to a big game on Thursday night out of him in Pittsburgh against Pittsburgh here at home at First Energy Stadium, Jerron. Exactly. When you have two young tackles and they're both performing well and putting your quarterback in a position where he's comfortable in the pocket, that can only help the cause in the long term as well. So, yes, Jed Wills had a back bounce-back week, and that's going to definitely help his confidence because at the end of the day, Ken, it's about your confidence. It's about believing in yourself and knowing you can get the job done. And when you get to that place and state of mind, the sky's the limit for what you can achieve, especially if you have the talent to go along with it. Do you like the interior defensive line so far throughout the season? I know it's only been a couple of games, but it seems like it's improved. It's definitely improved. Last week, I felt with the Carolina game, they put more of their impact on the game. Granted, they had a good game this past week, too, because I felt on both sides, even though we didn't win, we dominated in the trenches. But I I still think there's obviously going to be, there's always room to improve. There's never going to be a situation where you can't say you can't improve. So with that in mind, though, I do want to see Tommy make more plays. I do want to see Brian make more plays and Elliot be more consistent in the playmaking True. and have the same type of output that they had consistently like they did against the Carolina Panthers. More on that and what to watch for coming up towards the end of the show. Coming up next, we go around the league. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea Tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music and food and drink options. Twisted Tea Tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Gerard, it's time for us to go around the league, and as of us talking on Monday night, the Bills have just put up a touchdown over the Tennessee Titans 6 nothing. Gerard, when you look at this Bills team, are they the leader in the entire AFC, even though it's only been a couple of weeks? Heck, why not go ahead and claim the entire leader of the NFL? What they uh... did last week was so impressive. I mean, they have come out with the energy, with the attitude that, hey, we're going to take this league by storm, and we're going to claim what we feel is ours, which is a birth to the Super Bowl and actually winning that bad boy. You can sense it and feel it with this football team. You're right about that. What's the biggest reason the Bengals are 0-2? Because they didn't come out with that attitude of 
We're about business. They came out with the attitude that we got this covered. We've been there. We surprised everyone. We'll get back there. We'll just kind of ease our way into it. You didn't put much work in the preseason during the course of those games, and you know I'm a stickler for the idea that you play in preseason. And on top of that, you had a quarterback that was sick for the majority part, dealing with uh, surgery. But the yeah, main thing appendectomy. Is, the main thing is this, though, Ken. If you spend that much money on an offensive line to revamp it because that was your weak spot, and you're still giving up multi-sack games, yeah. something's wrong with that. Burrow is still averaging nearly four sacks a game. That's incredible. I mean, that is untenable. Right. <laughs> that is just untenable. You're not going to have a long career if you're averaging four sacks a game in the NFL. Now, I, I don't know how much of that is Joe Burrow's fault. I think a lot more of that is the offensive line's fault. Uh, you have great weapons there. Certainly. Uh, Gerard, I, th- I, you know, I wanted to say before they lost to Dallas yesterday, because Dallas is a team that yeah. – you know, they, you can rally. You can rally everybody right. around Cooper Rush, but Dallas is a team that can. You can put the lights out on at right. any given moment. That they, can just go to sleep. They got seven ten written all over them. I hear yeah, exactly what you're saying. Yep, you're right about that. And and until then, I go. Well, are they getting every? Because last year, I thought they overachieved clearly, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, this might be a year where they compete. But they in twenty twenty one. 2021 was a year where they compete a little bit, but they still don't make the playoffs. Then maybe 2022 is a year they make the playoffs. Then they start to rattle it off. And obviously they went to the Super Bowl. And I still go, are they that? And people look at me and go crazy, but when you look roster to roster, are they still that good? And now you're getting everybody's best effort. There you we, go. That's exactly that. where I was headed. Exactly, because mm-hmm. we saw that in 2021 yes. where it's like, hey, man, you're playing for keeps <laughs> right. now. Let's see who what you're really about. And you hit it's, it exactly yeah. on the head. Because I could tell you, Ken, whenever I played a game in which I was going against an NFC, an AFC champion, or someone that was in the Super Bowl, or someone that won a Super Bowl, guess what you got from me? Even more so my great effort. Why? Because that was my measuring stick to see where I was at. Do Am I on a championship level? And that's how you find out. So they're going to get that for the next few weeks. But at some point, if they find themselves 0-5 and 0-6, guys aren't going to use that as a barometer anymore. Yeah, you're right about that. I, I just I, I, I look at them, and I, I, I saw their game yesterday against Dallas, and I'm, see, I, I, I'm seeing Jamar Chase get the business. I'm seeing a lot of guys get shoved around with, with Cincinnati. I'm thinking, yeah, they did not get this type of treatment last year. No, this is a slap on them, right. This is a you gotta, you're going to have to grow up in this league type of moment here for Cincinnati. We dealt with the same thing after the 2020 season, 11-5, and and the very next year we thought it was going to be a lot easier than what it was, and it wasn't. And I think that this is what's going on with Cincinnati right now. Exactly. Gerard, one year from now, will Trey Lance or Jimmy G be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers? If the 49ers are smart, it would be Jimmy G. Quarterbacks can play well into their 40s now, late 30s. Why would you even mess around with that? The guy has taken you to multiple NFC championships and even Super Bowl and missed and missed winning the Super Bowl by uh, what a, a hand outreach hand. So I don't get why they made the change in the first place, but they're enamored with this move around quarterback and Lance, what that represents. And unfortunately for the young man with this ankle injury, who's to say he'll even be the same well, once he why, comes back? Why are you running? I almost got loud. I'm sorry. Why are you running Trey Lance between the tackles? Because I like that type what of offense. are you running Trey Lance between the tackles? To surprise you. That's silly. This should show you his I athleticism. Say something else. I'm having respect for professional mm-hmm. coaches here. I'm just a guy on the outside. You've been in the locker rooms. You've been in the, you've been in the cut-ups and everything here. But I'm going, why? 
Why are you running him between the tackles? And I don't care if it's Trey Lance. I don't, I don't like any quarterback doing it. I didn't like it when they tried to do it with Michael Vick back in the day. I don't want to do it with Lamar Jackson. I don't want to do it with Mahomes. I don't want to do it with Josh Allen who I'm seeing here on TV. Why? No. I, no. I, I agree with you on some levels, though, Ken. I almost think it was like one of these – it was a setup. And I know this sounds obnoxious and crazy, but you were not going to win with him being your quarterback. You had to realize that, and you had to look around and survey your so, landscape and see that – the NFC West is weak, and with Garoppolo at the helm, you will win it outright. So, granted, you may have then set just bench him. <laughs> then just bench him. So why not set him up for bad. failure? Coaches have done worse things. I, you're right about that, which is petty and sad, but true. Then just bench him. If he's not playing well, just sit him. Just admit you've made a tremendous mistake. If you've made a mistake, I'm not even saying they've made a mistake. Yeah, I, I do think it, I, I do think we are going to approach a line where. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is a good leader and a good and a good quarterback. If they are a team that wins that West, and Wish they Kyler were. Murray had to play hero ball, that ain't gonna work. Seattle's not good. The Rams, the Rams don't they, care. Yeah, they got a couple problems yeah, right now. They're listless right, right now. That, that's two in a row from Matt Stafford that haven't been very good. Um, the the 49ers can win that division. You're right with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I'm convinced they're just going to go with a sunk cost fallacy, and they're just going to go right back to Trey Lance. They've, they've invested this, and they're just going to go with him. I mean, to prove yourself right, this, and ego does that to you. But I told you, I believe a week or two ago we had this discussion, and I told you as soon as Jimmy G hits the football field, they're going to be a better team for it. And you saw it. As soon as he got in, offense clicked. I don't want to read this question. I'm going to read this question. Should Bronco head coach Nathaniel Hackett already be on the hot seat? No, they won. Man. They, they won. They, they won. Granted, they beat the Texans barely, and it was ugly to say the least. But no, I mean this guy has to grow ugly into that wins role. Are still wins. There they are. I'll, now I only take ugly wins up to a certain point because I also realize if you're not playing clean football, you're really fooling yourself, and you're not playing at a higher level. You just barely eking by, and when you get in the playoffs, you'll be exposed. But yeah, at this point in his process of growing and learning as a head coach because he went from being a guy that gives his opinion to now he has to make a decision, it's going to take some time. And there's, and on top of that, here's the part people don't realize, Ken. There is a level of intimidation probably with him in that he has somebody at the quarterback position that's way more accomplished than him as a head coach. And that's a hard thing to deal with because if Russell suggests something, who's to say he's not right more so than you? Well, People never think about that dynamic. Yeah. Well, That's why it was so hard for LaFleur, LaFleur and, and Rodgers. That dynamic is real, man. Monday night. Now, there's a Monday night football doubleheader in week two. Mm-hmm. Starting in 2023, there's going to be three Monday night football doubleheaders, which you better believe we're going to be involved in one of them doubleheaders. Ain't no doubt about it. Just get ready. Bring your galoshes. It's going <laughs> to happen. There's going to be three of them. One game will be televised on ESPN. The other will appear on ABC. Do you like it or hate it? As a former player... I don't like it. And the reason why I don't like it is I want Monday night to have all the attention on me and my football team, not having to split. That was the beauty of Monday night. That was the beauty of Sunday night. That's the beauty of Thursday night. All eyes on me. When you make that, hey, coach would say, everybody in the nation's watching tonight. There's only one game. You're the only show in town. That would get you fired up. That would get you ready to go. But now you can't say that. Now, uh, now, are Eli and Peyton going to do their own games at the same time? How is that going to work? The entire climax of Jerry Maguire is uh, based on a Monday night football game. Yeah. So you're right about that. I would say I, I'm just a fan. I like it. I like more football. 
Now, they, the NFL staggers it in a funny way. I think they do it because of the endings. They want the endings in there. Hmm. It's not necessarily the starts. They want the, they want the crazy endings to happen where I got to tell you, now college football does it naturally because there's different paces of play. Uh-huh. So you'll see like a mat game that takes a long period of time and a Big Ten game that takes a short <laughs> period of time. And if you have ESPN Plus, like what was it uh, two weeks ago? For whatever reason, I don't know why I did this. I don't know why I clicked in. Like, I saw Anthony Lima's game I was watching because he's my oh, buddy. He's partner, right? So I'm watching Anthony Lima. Then I clicked over to the Buffalo Holy Cross game. Woo. And I saw You're Holy really Cross. really digging in the trenches. Exactly. I saw Holy oh, Cross throw a Hail Mary at the end at UB Stadium to win that game. Then I clicked over and I saw West by God, Virginia, lose to Kansas at home. Then I clicked over. I saw Nebraska lose to Georgia Southern in Scott Frost's final game. Job. And then I saw Florida playing Kentucky on the SkyCast. I saw four games within an hour, all basically ending. And I think the NFL sees that, and they get that idea from ESPN. They go, we want some of that. Some of that smoke. We want some of that because they know that they have their dedicated fans. are going to watch it, so let's get everybody together, and then we'll all watch yeah. the end. And that is the end of our time with you, Gerard. We thank you very much. You you have the uh, you have Red Zone coming up right now, right? Yes, I do. All right, so watch uh, watch Gerard on Red Zone and uh, listen to him coming up at 4 p.m. on Thursday, Browns game day, himself and I. And then, of course, watch him. Are you going to be on News 5 on Thursday? How's that work? Yes, sir. Making it happen. Okay. News 5 on Thursday. So if you're in the Cleveland area, make sure you watch Gerard on News 5. Everybody going to be having a good time. Coming up next, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, going to join us on the show as we get you set for the Browns and Steelers coming up on Thursday. It's the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Well, it was tough on Sunday, to say the least. The Browns, a loss, 31-30 to the New York Jets, but a quick turnaround as they'll host the Pittsburgh Steelers at First Energy Stadium at 8-15 on Thursday night. Mike Tomlin, Steelers coming to the game at 1-1, one one, but there were chants for Kenny Pickett at Acrisure Stadium on Sunday and their loss against the New England Patriots. Who will we see on Thursday? More than likely, it will be Mitch Trubisky. Could we see a change? Could we see a change? And how the Browns cover them defensively. We get to Jim Donovan, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, to talk about Sunday's game and preview Thursday. The voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, joining us on the show. Jim, thanks for joining us. Hey, Ken, good to be with you. Uh, First off, Jim, your thoughts on what happened in the final couple of minutes against the Jets. Uh, You know, Ken, the worst loss I've seen, I have to be honest with you, uh, I've seen a lot, uh, but I think this was the worst one. Um, you know, to be a minute 55 away from being 2-0 and and 13 points to the better of the New York Jets and to just have a complete collapse uh, was astonishing. And, and it's hard to get past that. I can only imagine. Uh, I know it's been hard for the fans. I think it's hard for anyone associated with the team. Um, it might be a good thing, Ken, for them to play on Thursday. I mean, yeah. I know there's a lot of physical things about that that can be rough that you can say, hey, it's a brutal turnaround. But maybe for the psyche of the football team to get back out and try and wash that one out of your hair, uh, that might be the right uh, that might be the right medication for the Browns. Well, there was so much pressure coming into this season to, to put as much hay in the barn proverbially as right. we could until week 13 came around and, and Deshaun Watson could return. I don't know if it was the pressure. They talked about the problems with the signaling. 
the secondaries played a lot of football together. There's only one rookie back there in MJ Emerson. But Thursday night, you're right about that. A, a quick turnaround and getting back out on the field, it, it gets a chance to really exercise those demons and get the two and one and a chance to put their feet up for a couple of days until they get ready for week four. Yeah, it does. There's no doubt about that. And they've done that in the past. I mean, I think in Kevin's first year as the head coach, they had a kind of a brutal opening day loss to Baltimore. And they came back, you know, that Thursday after the Sunday game and they, they knocked off Cincinnati and get in the win column. And so that's what they're probably, you know, thinking as they get set for this one uh, against the Steelers. And it takes on a lot of importance like that Cincinnati game because it's a division game. Okay. I mean, that's one of the paths to make it is to win the division uh, and to win in the division. So it becomes very, very important. Um, and I think everybody will be on deck. And I know the fans are upset. And I know they were, they, uh, you know, vocalized that at the end of the game. But there's no doubt in my mind when they come out of that tunnel on Thursday night, uh, they will be one united force, fans and players. Were you surprised that Jacoby Brissett was so much better in week two with his rhythm with these wide receivers? Because he looked very off schedule in week one against Carolina. He did, and I think um, I was pleasantly surprised, Ken. It, it really looked good. It looked good all game long. Uh, he even made some plays with his legs, and he almost made the ultimate play, you know, with that 22 seconds left, and he did that scramble to get them down into, you know, position where they were one pass away from maybe getting the field goal try to win the game. Uh, but I thought he was terrific all day long. I was really happy, Ken, to see him get in sync with Amari Cooper. And Cooper had nine catches in the game, and there were some great throws to him and some important throws to him. So that felt good, too. But I was really happy for Brissett. That's why it was tough listening to him, uh, ever the pro, but it was tough listening to him trying to explain what happened at the end of the game because he really didn't have a hand in it. Pittsburgh coming to town, Mitch Trubisky coming to town. Some of the Boobirds came out on Sunday yeah. against New England over in Pittsburgh. But it's on the road, but it's in front of his hometown crowd. Now, Mike Tomlin, you know as well as anybody, Jim, he can dig his heels in. He'll probably back up his quarterback there. What do you expect to see out of that offense out of Pittsburgh? I think uh, a lot of running. I mean, I think that's, you know, I think when they came in here last year, Ken, um, and they were wobbly at that time, and they ended up getting out of here with a 15-10 to 10 win, um, which was amazing to me how they came in. And they did it with Najee Harris. I mean, they, you know, a little bit of passing um, and, and some very timely throws by Ben Roethlisberger uh, at points in the game. But definitely uh, everything was based on that running back, Najee Harris. And that's, that's the old-fashioned Steeler way. Uh, it's the Steeler way when they're really good. I don't know if they have enough around that, but, I mean, that's probably what I would expect. I don't think they want Trubisky to be put in difficult situations, like any quarterback. And I think that down and distance will become very important, not playing from behind the chains. And I think they'll try and give him workable situations to deal with. Now, on the other side, Ken, the Browns have got to get off the field on third down. I mean, and that was game long. That's not just the last minute 55 once again, that reared its ugly head, I thought, yesterday in that they did not get off the field on third down. So I know they were exhausted at the end of the game, but if they had gotten off the field a few times earlier in the game, they might have had a little bit more gas left in the tank. We heard some of the players talking today. It's Monday, and we're getting ready for Thursday as, a, as of you and I talking here. Is that a little bit more of communication, maybe guessing on third down, maybe third and long situations? You know, I don't know what it is, Ken. That that communication thing is getting old, isn't it? I mean, we heard about it last year. 
Um, I don't understand it, really. I think it's uh, it's like when you keep saying uh, that you missed school because you had a great uncle die. And at some point, you know, the principal calls you to the office and says, hey, you didn't have a great uncle. Um, I, I, this really gets kind of old, the, the communication thing. I mean, you know, you got to go out and you have to cover people. You know, you, you got to stop playing, you know, cover nobody, you know. Cover two, cover three, cover four. You know, too many times we're covering nobody. I mean, they have had huge busts, a 50-yarder and a 75-yarder in Carolina, and then the 66-yarder yesterday. For the talent that's in that secondary and on that defense, that's unacceptable. Final one. We talked about Amari Cooper a whole bunch before Sunday's game. More Nick Chubb, more Kareem Hunt in this game against Pittsburgh. You got Cam Hayward playing dinged up again. You know, I think the thing, Ken, is that um, last year the Steelers made it very, very difficult to run against them uh, because they just loaded the box and they dared Baker Mayfield to beat him, to beat them rather, with his arm. Uh, he was not able to do that in both venues, Heinz Field and, uh, and, and here at First Energy Stadium. I would think they would try and do the same thing because Hunt and Chubb could really run you right out of the ballpark. And for all intents and purposes, they did yesterday, right? Um, except for very, very unusual and catastrophic, you know, mistakes at the end of the game. I think that's always going to be the goal for the Browns to give whoever the opponent is a lot of Chubb and Hunt. And that, I think, helped Jacoby Brissett play very well in the game. Jim, can't thank you enough for the time. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll talk to you Thursday. All right, Ken, take care. You too. The voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, joining us on the show. When we come back, we'll tell you what we're watching for on Thursday night and tell you what's coming up on Tuesday night with the Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns kicker Cage York. This is Browns quarterback Jacoby Brissett. This is John Johnson, and you are listening to the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Tuesday night, yes, Tuesday night, a special Tuesday edition of the Kevin Stefanski Show, 7 p.m. Coach will join Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry as the crew previews Thursday night's game against the Steelers. Then Thursday, we get you set starting at 4 o'clock, Browns game day. Gerard Cherry and myself will be live from the Cardiac Club at First Energy Stadium. Then 5 p.m., a very special treat. Joe Thomas will join us live from the Cardiac Club at FES. And then 6 p.m., Cleveland Browns kickoff show with myself, Andy Baskin, and Joe Thomas. 7 p.m., Andy Baskin and Tyvis Powell will take over. 8.15 p.m., kickoff with Jim, Nathan, and Gerard from First Energy Stadium. Should be a good night for football. And reminding you, make sure you get there as soon as you possibly can. Weather can always be a little bit topsy-turvy this time of year. It should be a little bit clear. I know that the weather's supposed to come in maybe late, late, late Thursday into Friday, but the traffic, that can be a little bit of a predicament. We found out on Sunday a little bit as they get everybody ushered in and we get used to a new season. So if you can, we know Thursdays can be difficult because of work schedules and things of that nature. If you can give yourself some extra time, please, we encourage you, give yourself some extra time on your way into the stadium, on your way into downtown Cleveland so you can make it 
on time and to your seat as the Browns get set to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. What we're watching for in this football game coming up on Thursday, the defense, and can they close, especially that secondary, late in the fourth quarter. Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback who can get on the move. It'll come down to the corners and how well the defensive ends can bracket him as well, especially without Jadeveon Clowney, without Chase Winovich. A big opportunity for Alex Wright the young rookie who was able to show up in the stat book yesterday against the New York Jets. Without Clowney and Winovich, he's going to be needed. And then Brissett, the veteran, against Trubisky, the veteran, whose line can protect who? The advantage will be to the Browns. Tuesday night, the Kevin Stefanski Show, 7 p.m. Coach Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry, that's coming to you on Thursday. We get everything started 4 p.m., Browns game day. Joe Thomas will join us at 5, 6 p.m., the Cleveland Browns kickoff show, 7 p.m., Basket and Powell, and then 8.15, kickoff with Jim Nathan and Gerard from First Energy Stadium. And thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jason Gibbs, producers Meredith Kane and Connor Lawrence. For my good buddy, Gerard Cherry, I'm Ken Carmen. Thanking you, as always, for listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network.